Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Brother John. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Excellent. Wow. So we're here. This is the Bro Show. It's about two brothers who talk about mm-hmm. four things. And you can just wait and hear what we talk about, but I'll give you a little preview. We talk about an animal, number one. Number two, we talk mm. about a word that we learned or were fascinated by during the week. And number three, we t- we give our two takes on a subject. It could be a film. It could be a book. It could be current events. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this does not go on your permanent record. And there will be two groaners. That's the fourth thing we do. John gets groaners from a source. I will not mm. name that source at this time. Yeah, to be named later. And... They are in the form of questions, and I have to answer them. It's a lot of pressure. I don't know if I can do it. Yeah, I try to tee up for him so he doesn't feel so bad when he misses them. But sometimes that works, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you just have to man up, as they say. Yeah, and just take it. Just take it. Take it like a man. Yeah. Hey, uh, which T-shirt are you wearing today? Oh, I'm wearing the ox soup. Uh, excuse me, the ox tail. Oh, I'm not, not wearing the ox tail. The ox. Not wearing the soup. That was a little preview. The soup part of it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm wearing the uh, ox uh, t-shirt. I thought maybe you're eating ox tail soup and you got it on your t-shirt. See, that, that works yeah. too. So, yeah. So yeah. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm wearing. I'm wearing our sponsor. I usually wear our sponsor. I'm wearing uh, uh I live here too t-shirt. It's hosted by Bonfire. Yeah, yeah, that finished a close second for me. Did it? Okay. Yeah, that's the T-shirt I have underneath the ox shirt. (laughs) Oh, nice, nice, (laughs) nice. In any case, all the money from those T-shirts go to Music Cares, which takes care of musicians. Oh, excuse me. No, I said that wrong. All that money goes to Center for Humans and Nature. It's the other one that goes to Music Cares. Yeah, I see a wolf there. Wolfie. This is Wolfie. Yeah. If you buy this, it goes to support... Centers of Human Nature, which works on the naughty problem of, are we going to blow the planet up or what? Yeah, they're they're constantly thinking about it, but they're they're uh, they're they're feeling good about it. They that's that's good the thing. Main thing. Thing. Yeah, it's a good think tank, and they're I won't say it. <laughs> Don't say it, John. Don't say it. Okay, John works for them, so he's yeah, he's, I he's be not qualified to comment on it. Exactly. Too close. So, Too close. whatever I say, remember, I'm not qualified to discuss the, the my my client that well. No, you're not. We did something wrong last week, and we fess up to our to our mistakes, and we're willing to 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 let people know when we make mistakes and how we can correct them. Okay, we we were busted by Nate McClure, a fellow we went to high school with, and he said. And he's right. We mispronounce the name of a city. You want you want to give us the deets, John? Well, I mean, this is a city that was uh, mentioned last week because there happens to be a statue of Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. That's one of right. the tourist attractions is the, the large. And so we centered the story around Babe because Paul gets too much notoriety and publicity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the course of it, we, of course, had to name the city. Which I'm going to leave to you. I'm going to pass the baton to you because if I okay. say it, I'm I'm going to say it incorrectly. Bemidji. 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 Okay. That's it. It's easy to pronounce it Bemidji. 
but that would be wrong. Yeah, I knew that the middle syllable was the one to be accented, but I think I, I you know, if you no. fracture it, and that's it's, what I did. It's the first one. It's the first one gets emphasized. Oh. And that's the reason I screwed up. There you go. So, it is what it is, and it's fixed. Please forgive us, kind people of Bemidji. Uh, we meant we meant you no harm or disrespect. All right. So, John, do we have an ox story this week? We do. Uh, I, we decided I got a little hungry, and so that's the reason I kind of decided to delve into probably it's considered a delicacy from various countries called oxtail soup. And uh, so I, the origin of this is that if you, uh, based upon the link I gave, I, I provided in the notes, it comes from France and back in the time of the uh, French Revolution. So it's like 1789 through. And, mm. and the fact is that quite often the tail of the animal uh, was thrown away. But, you know, being the good uh, commoners uh, of mm. France, they decided that we can make use of this. So yeah, as a result, they sliced and diced the oxtail, and there they realized it's a, there's some challenges you have to you know work with. But they were able to make it out of oxtail soup. It became a delicacy in France, and mm-hmm. it found its way over to England, where it is also well received. And uh, and so you find it really big as sort of in restaurants, in fancy restaurants, maybe in Europe, in England. Mm-hmm. But here in the States, uh, we find that uh, what I did is I decided, well, you know what? I could talk, 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 but let's do a little walk, walk, walk. Mm. So I walked over to the grocery store and I bought some oxtails. Now, this has become a very popular soup in, in the States. And you know how come I know? Why? Because it cost me a lot of money to buy these because they're in high demand. Ooh. Ooh. They're $9.99 a pound in my local grocery store. And I'm not talking the gourmet grocery store. I'm talking about just the regular run of mill. Uh, wow. And so wow. I knew from that. So what I did is I ended up making the soup. Now, the, the critical thing is there's as many different versions of this as there are, you know, cooks as it boils yeah. down to. But the key element here oh, boils down to. I got it. Go ahead. Yeah. And that's key. Boiling is a critical part of it. Okay. So the ox meat is is rather uh, sinewy, I guess is a good word. Uh, that's yeah, at least muscly, what I just made up. Fibrous, it's got fibrous. a lot of muscle fiber in it. Yeah. And a, there's a fair amount of fat. And the fat's good because by boiling or uh, baking that down, it provides the basis for good stock. But you've got to really work hard, and not work hard, but just have the patience to go through with the boiling. So yeah. as I took a look at this, I, I'm a rookie with respect to not only making this soup, but any soup. I made mm. some basic mistakes, but I'll just talk just briefly about exactly the key elements here. Okay. The key elements are ingredients, and obviously you start with the oxtails, and you could either bake or roast them uh, for anywhere from 45 minutes uh, to an hour to kind of give them a little brown, which adds a little bit more to the flavor. Mm. You've got also then some vegetables. I used carrots. You could use celery. You could use turnips, potatoes, all these and then you got seasonings, and I use bay leaf as a common one. I looked through a lot of these. These and um, ginger is also another uh, mm-hmm. ginger root is a, is a good spice. Nice. So, a critical piece here is to be able to figure out, have the patience to take the time to make it. And this whole recipe is going to probably time wise before you have something that's really going to be good is going to be six hours. And the key is because this, the meat itself can take a while to soften up and be tender for the soup. 
The other yep. critical thing is is the uh, is timing in terms of entering the vegetables. And a lot of yeah. the recipes say, okay, here's a big stack we're going to put in now. Here's a big stack. So, for example, carrots are going to go in uh, at towards the beginning. Yep. Another thing I learned out of all this is another piece is the size of the cuts you make of the of the vegetable. So if you make larger, ah. if you decide to make a carrot, you know, if you make little squares out of something, you're going to probably be in trouble. You need to probably cut them a little bit uh, larger. So I put all this gotcha. together, and what I did is I put, uh, I was, they said you could put barley or potato. I ended up putting noodles in it and maybe a few too many. So my soup ended up being a casserole dish. Right. Uh, but Looks good, though. We have a picture it, of it, it in the art. The picture's good and the taste is fairly is is good. I mean, I I would say that I struck out in terms of the oxtail because I the recipe I read was only for about two hours. And the other thing is that I accidentally broiled the meat, which kind of sears it, which is bad. Because uh, that yeah. means that the, the flavoring is inside and doesn't get out. Mm. So I had to add it to be perfectly. I don't want to tell anybody, but between you and me, I had to put a little beef bouillon in it in order to kind of. Enhance the beef oh. taste. Of That's bad. I mean, I'm a bad boy. <laughs> no, I don't think so necessarily. A lot of soups use broth. A lot. Yeah. So I don't think that's bad. I'm going to give you like a pass a, on that. You could. So there is a recipe here. You can go on in videos. Mm-hmm. You can just oxtail soup, and you can look. And I kind of looked at about five or six different ones, tried to pick the best. And now that I've done it once, I've learned my lesson. I've learned a few lessons that I'm going to okay. I think I'm going to try it again, but I've got a big batch to eat, as you can tell from the picture. Mm. And by the way, Campbell's makes it, so. Yeah. You can, buy in the can. I, you can buy in the can. I didn't check that out. And yeah, for the ones who just aren't, I don't want to make it. Uh, yeah. That's a possibility too, and maybe I'll do that to get a better idea of what I what it's supposed to taste like. Yeah, our our uh, our friend Sarah, an honorary bro, by the way. Uh, Sarah used to eat it as a child in Ireland, and uh, yeah, she she had it from a can. Her mother never made it from scratch, as far as she can remember. Wow, pretty interesting. But she liked it. Okay, she liked it. She liked it. All right, so you ready for the next thing, John? You ready for a word? I am you got, ready. You want me to give you the word? Okay, this is not an easy word. Terpsichorean. Good. Terpsichorean is a word, yeah, it's a word that refers to dancing. Yeah. It can also refer to a dancer. So, Mm. here's an example. And James Brown, pulling off Terpsichorean Mm. heroics unlike anything most of the American public had yet seen. Yeah. And this is from a book that we're going to talk about in a few minutes. And uh, it's his. it regards his performance at the 1964 Tammy show, which is Ooh. the first rock concert film in history. Right. Went to yeah. the theater and saw that. I did, too. I did, too. Yeah, it was, it was a good movie. I liked it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And in any case, yeah, Terpsichorean and... From now on, when I see that word, I'm going to think of James Brown. Yeah, I mean, James Brown uh, clearly could strut his stuff up there when he was singing. And it was, it was almost like a theatrical performance. If, if you watched yeah. him, he had a way of with, with some of his songs kind of playing them out. Oh, uh, like please, with dance. please, please? Yeah, that's what I was thinking about mostly. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it, was, it was definitely showtime when he was on. 
Yeah, that was so cool. You know, he would be moaning about, you yeah. know, his woman not taking him back, and he would get down on his knees, and then pretty soon he's got his face on the stage wailing, and then the flames come out. Yeah, with his right. with his silky looking fancy robe and or cape, yeah, and they like put it cape, around yeah, him. Yeah, he had a cape. Yeah, put yeah. it around him and, and pull him up, and then he throws him off, and he throws the cape off, and he starts it again. And he does it like. Four times, something like that. <laughs> Too many to count. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the best. I mean, there's a reason he's the Godfather. Wow. Okay. okay. Now, John. Ooh, two takes. Are you ready, uh, the- you ready for two takes? I think I am. I mean, this is a book yeah. that I've been I've been holding back and not reading, and then finally, we said, you know what? This is something we need to read kind of simultaneously and talk about. And the name of the book is The Birth of Loud. And the author is Ian uh, Smith-Port is his name. He's uh, 36 years old. And it's, you know, quite often we talk about when we, I've got 60 books on music. And I can tell you right now, I do not, I've had one of those books is about guitars. This is the book. All the rest Mm. of them are about performers, singing, this and that. So what we're doing here, The Birth of Loud has to do with music as it relates to uh, looking at it through the lens of the guitar and what the mm-hmm. impact the guitar has had upon music, starting when we started, we needed to look at the amplification uh, of, of the sound of the guitar. Yeah, these are electric guitars. That's not just yeah, the guitar. Yeah, that's the key. Yeah. Yeah, so it's the, it's in the book is, and I think the key to me that I, that makes this book really good is this guy, Ian Port has the incredible ability to kind of put together the anecdotal writing and Mm. with the ear of a musician. So quite often it's difficult to describe what sound is. I mean, and that's what he does really very well. And he does does it in, in, in that I think was, uh, was the trait that really sells you because I love the stories. I am not, and you don't have to necessarily play a guitar in order to enjoy this book. But I can tell you right now that the author does. He's been playing the guitar, guitar since he's ten, and but he is very clear. He makes very clear that he his strong suit is not guitar playing; it is writing. So right. I would agree with That's him correct. at least on yeah, the I would too. Side. I would. Yeah, so, I haven't heard him play, but yeah, I, lo- I love this book. Uh, I think you liked it a lot too, didn't you, John? Yeah, I liked it uh, because I love stories, anecdotes, uh, and I learn, and I also like to learn. And I don't know a lot about guitars, and of course, Bro Jerry his, his, uh, makes guitars. So it gives me an opportunity as he's been, you know, talks to me a little bit. I can learn a little bit about some of the things you're talking about. I mean, there's some basic stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, when they say the neck, the head, uh, you know, the frets, the body, uh, the body all these pieces, which are pretty big, and now I have, mm. a, you know, even the basics I needed some help with. So, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, it does. It goes through all that stuff. And I think the thing, to harken back to something you said, uh, to add, to pile on that, is that uh, he does have a knack, the author, Ian, does have a knack for uh, making the music come out of these people's lives. In other words... It's not just saying, well, he played this concert here and he did this here and he played with this band and that band. No, it's not like that at all. You know, 
You know, like uh, Eric Clapton's an example. You know, Eric Clapton found out that his parents were actually his grandparents when he was 10 years old. (laughs) And it bummed him out. And so he naturally gravitated toward the blues as a way to express his feelings. So, you know, but he didn't say it that cut and dried. I mean, it was more like poetry, the way he wrote it in the book. And and that's the thing. And then when he talks about, you know, uh, what Muddy Waters sounded like, you know, the first time he got a Telecaster, which is a Fender guitar, you felt it. I mean, you felt it. I felt like I was in Chicago. I could smell ribs. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I would uh, I, I would say that, you know, one of the things that imp- impresses me is that when you take a look at the origin of something, there is no, like, event that takes place and say, okay, this is it. This is the start. When you look at guitars, uh, we, we have the same thing. It's there, What's really good about this, particularly the electric guitar, it, it, it's sort of an evolution with a lot of collaboration. And it's yeah. amazing in the 40s. The way personalities, and there's personalities in this book, and there's a lot of them. And I mean, we yeah. can't spend a lot of time talking nope. about everyone, but the two that are mentioned on the cover are Les Paul, a, uh, a, music, a performer, a well-known yes. who was actually considered, him and his wife Mary Ford were considered the top, you know, some of the top performers of the early 50s. And on the other side of it, you've got a person who can't play the guitar who makes him by the name of Leo Fender. Right. Um, but the fact is that there is an, there are some other players. I, I, I when I, I and we could talk about those. But I think the key here is the collaboration. And the fact is, if you take a look at Les Paul as a performer, he was more interested in what the audience and what he thought. He's an, he's kind of got a big ego, while Leo yeah. is more interested in talking to the musicians since he doesn't play, listening to them. Right. And being able to tinker. He's a tinkerer, just like both yep. of them are. But he, they're looking at, at it from a different perspective. Almost and two different two different ends of the spectrum, almost. They are, yeah. One, the the egotistical performer in Leo, the very soft-spoken, uh, I'm in this factory. Some, a lot of the people that, that he worked for, and he was the owner of the, of the, of the Fender uh, company, didn't even know. He, he, they'd see this guy walking around with a, a pouch of tools, didn't realize that he was the owner. I mean, a couple of people thought he was the janitor. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> they did. You know, it's it's a moving book, too. Uh, it's a story. It takes you through the story and the lives, particularly of these two gentlemen. But yeah. a lot of other lives get intertwined in it. I, If yeah. you like modern music, this this is a good book to read. You could you'll find out so much more about the music and you'll you'll feel how it's made and what people go through. In order for it to be made, I loved it. I can't get enough got, of it. Yeah, I wish I hadn't got, read it so I could read it. Yeah, read it again. What the heck? Yeah. I've got actually two. They're, they're, I feel there are like four or five strong people like uh, Les Paul and Leo Fender and performers that really stand out. But there yeah. are two unsung, hangers, unsung heroes that I like to point out. One of them is Paul Bixby who was really uh, involved in the, the solid body, which is critical to, to the making of the electric guitar. And, yeah. But he was a one-off guy, and he would call, you know, he'd talk to, to Leo and to show you how, what the kind of relationships and why the egos weren't too big. Uh, Paul, you know, Leo says, well, uh, Paul, could I borrow this guitar for a week and take a look at it? And Paul just says, yeah, yeah go ahead, take it. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty wild. I mean, when you think about yeah. it. And of course, yeah, Leo is. is the guy who is able to, 
to take that and tinker, understand it, and then learn about a way of making it, mass produce it. So he's more on the production side so that, you know, the the, the regular musicians can do it. And, uh, yeah, while, you know, Les Paul is is kind of eventually gets an opportunity to work with Gibson, which is more of the high class. It's like looking at the Cadillac version versus we got the assembly line Model T Ford version that's done by Leo. But it's amazing. That is. That's, what's it called, Stratocaster? Yeah, the Stratocaster is the signature uh, Leo Fender guitar. And yeah. that and the, the the precision bass, I would say those two. But, you know, there's another thing. There's one more thing with, with Leo Fender, his amplifiers. Yeah, he, you know, there's a His wonder. amplifiers, he never differentiated. To him, it was all one instrument, the player, the the guitar, and the amplifier. They go together. You know, it's a right. mix-match sort of thing. With And with uh, Les Paul, he was obsessed about recording, double-tracking, innovation in that area, how he and his partner, Mary Ford, could duplicate their recordings, which were heavily produced, on stage. So that was one right. of his obsessions. And they Gibson made a guitar and named it after him. Les Paul it was a solid body. And uh, it was not a big seller. It wasn't until Eric Clapton and a few guys over in England started playing it that it became very popular. And, of course, I guess the most famous uh, Stratocaster player is Jimi Hendrix. Right. And I think we can kind of, you know, we can talk a little bit about him. But when I look at the takes on Les Paul and and Leo, I, I, I would say that, you know, there's there's development more than invention here. And Les Paul is not the guitar guy as much as you've already said. He's the studio sound on sound guy. He's the guy who yeah. took the actual record production and brought that, uh, you know, to his living room. With, yeah, to his living Actually, I was part. He had a studio within his house. Yeah. Um, when you take a look at Leo Fender, probably the development piece is that, like you said, the precision bass is, you know, the, you're dealing with uh, stand up bass. At yeah. this point, which is um, which is difficult to play, it's hard to get around. And Leo says, "Well, what the heck? Why don't we just take what we're doing with the guitar and do it like that with a bass?" And he's yeah. the one who really uh, developed that, that that instrument. So yeah, he did. Well, it's a good book. I recommend everyone who has any interest in music, and if you have any interest in guitars, I should say, you have to read the book, and it'll weave the development of the guitar into the people who played them and developed music with them, and you'll be very surprised some of the things you learn. Well, okay. just think about if you had to listen to rock and roll and it wasn't uh, amplified. Um, and yeah. wasn't, there wasn't guitars. If we had acoustical guitars, a stand-up bass, and uh, and that would be difficult. I'd just like to point out that I Jimi Hendrix is, uh, is, with respect to him, listening to Star Spangled Banner, I think, epitomizes the way that a guitar can be almost, it becomes a performer in itself. Yeah. Uh, based upon yeah. the sounds that he gets out of it when he plays Star Spangled Banner, I think that that kind of tells the story. One last thing is, I just the last, I found on Spotify a uh, a playlist that goes along with the book. Yeah. So if the, the and so uh, I just I just put put the app up and there it is, and it's about three hour and a half hours of music that gives you the evolution of the guitar. So that's the soundtrack for the book. Yeah, it is. Got any groaners, John? Groaners, yes. I'd like to let you know that our groaners are provided to us each week by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr. And 
let's just say Vince has come through as usual. So let's take a look here and see what we've got. Okay, here we go. Why are bacteria so bad at math? Why are bacteria so bad at math? This is a little tough. This is the tough of the Yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's because they multiply by dividing. That is tricky. That is tricky. Very tricky. It's tough. It's, uh, it's yeah. you know, Almost okay, here, here's one. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to tee it up just a little bit here. Okay, here we go. Why do females have a hard time working for the U.S. Postal Service? Why do females have a hard time working for the Postal Service? Boy, I don't. I can't tell you, John. I I, I come Be, up blank because on that it's one. male dominated. Oh, it's so obvious. You can't see it. Yeah, and you maybe did tee it up by saying female. Yeah, yeah, because I didn't say woman; I said female. Yeah, I tried to, but oh well. I got to work very, on my delivery. You, no, you don't. You were fine. It was me. Yeah, come on. Okay, I'll take. I, I, I will agree. It was you. 